so Michelle, for our listeners, can you tell us a bit about yourself? And also, can you tell us uh, a bit about Aerial AI? Yes. Um, great. Um, well, my name is Michelle Ayeger. Uh, I was born in Havana, uh, Cuba. Uh, I did up to uh, my engineering degree there, uh, engineering telecommunications in the best university in Havana for it. I spent uh, two, two years there as a full-time professor um, teaching in telecommunication uh, courses. And then I received a, 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 a government uh, scholarship from the Spanish government. Uh, and it was great. So it, it changed uh, my life. Uh, so I went there uh, and did a master and PhD in four years uh, in, in Seville, a great city. And from there, so I got my degrees in, in digital signal processing, a PhD in digital signal processing, um, uh, electronics, digital signal processing and telecommunications. Uh, and I received, um, uh, finishing my, my, my PhD there, I received an offer from University College Dublin and the European Space Agency to work for them in a in a technology transfer project uh, that I led there, and it was a quite highly successful project there for a year. Uh, while my paperwork to becoming a permanent resident in Canada was uh, going through, uh, and so I finished my commitment there in Dublin and came to Canada as a permanent residence in 2014, I think, I remember. <laughs> uh, with my wife. Uh, and really tried to look for something very similar to what I was doing in, in Dublin. Uh, I was fascinated about the impact that a technology can have in the industry, especially deep technology. Uh, there, in those projects, we were basically... Um, uh, disrupting the industry, uh, not the market. You you disrupt the industry, not the market. Uh, and and we, uh, I saw that huge impact of research, deep research into in products, and I was fascinated by that. Uh, and then, so uh, if you want to do something similar to that, you have to, and you're in Canada, uh, you have to go to a place called uh, Tandem Lodge. And thus, that's how you uh, you got involved with the Tandem Launch ecosystem. Amazing. So what is Aerial Technologies up to these days? Well, Aerial Technologies, uh, from, the, from day one, uh, what we do is we reuse uh, Wi-Fi signals uh, as a sensor. So when you go through the space you with your body, you disrupt uh, Wi-Fi signals. Uh, your phone sometimes is with you, so it's disrupting the signals as well. And we are, uh, through DSP and machine learning, we are uh, analyzing those disruptions and make uh, sense out of that. Uh, those are complicated signals, but <clears throat> we, we process them, we, we treat them with, uh, in the cloud uh, with, with, with our, it's basically an AI, a DSP and AI uh, processing pipeline. And we use, so you, you turn Wi-Fi devices into sensors, basically. So you can detect a human presence. Uh, you can detect uh, people falling. Uh, you can detect when people are there and they're sleeping. So you know you shouldn't turn, turn off the light or you shouldn't turn off the AC because no one is uh, there. There is a person there. It's not moving, but there are people there. 
So uh, as you can see, uh, you can achieve uh, things like that with uh, uh, not obvious technology. So far, cameras are the only ones to be able to do something like that. Uh, but of course, you, you don't want cameras in your in your bedroom or in your bathroom. That's that's one of the use cases. But uh, the company is really focused today on and from the very beginning as well on on, on remote care. So helping uh, people aging in place in their homes, uh, taking care of them, um, and that's what we do. Yeah, that's that's actually a, a very a very heartfelt use case, especially in light of the the, the current pandemic, where um, you know the elderly are some of the most vulnerable people uh, in our society today. You know, um, when you see that your technology has been implemented in this way to help better the lives of of of, the, of like our predecessors, pretty much. You know, what's the feeling that you get when you, when you see that kind of implementation? When you see that kind of use case, it's simply awesome. It's, it's awesome that you you know when we when we start seeing COVID nineteen and we say, "Wow, guys, we this is the technology for this, right?" You right now you have elderly people living alone. But they have to be alone. It's not an option. It's not even an option, right? You by you visiting your parents, you you are putting them in risk, in huge risk. And and the uh, the population about sixty five years old is, is growing a lot. Um, and these people wants to live in their places. Uh, you know they don't want to to move yet to to a residence or they want to live uh, alone. They they are. And they can support themselves, and they want to live alone, and they love their homes. Uh, so why not to why not to have a minimum supervision on them, not intrusive, and and and, and making sure that they are they're doing fine. That's that's our objective with remote. So can you tell me just how? Um, so you know, general consumers, general population, how would they get your hands on your technology? What kind of products could it be found in? Oh, it should be quite straightforward. Uh, that's the idea, uh, that you reuse your Wi-Fi devices in your home, the ones that you already have, as sensors. So um, in the ideal scenario, we would like to have partnerships with the Videotron, Bell, for example, in Canada, and they just need to to upgrade your, 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 your router uh, firmware, and we're on and running. So it's, it's really a software solution. Uh, we've done it in Spain. Uh, you know, we updated frameworks in, in Spain from in the middle of the night and poof, you get uh, 300 devices live and you're, you're, you're doing sensing right away. It's as simple as that. It could be as simple as that. It, it depends on the, on the use cases. Okay. And so what, let's talk about the, the process of creating a deep tech startup. It's not as straightforward as, as a lot of people think. In fact, I, I'm, I'm actually continue, I continue to be surprised by the amount of people that think, um, launching a startup and raising capital, raising funds and, and being a success is an overnight uh, experience um, with no hiccups, which I'm sure as you are recollecting in your mind, couldn't be further from the truth. It's a little bit of a chaotic process, to be honest with you, uh, where the more you control that chaos, uh, the better you're going to do. Uh, but at the beginning, it's, it's, it's quite quite chaotic. Uh, you are, you if you're working in deep tech, that means you are disrupting something. So you are... Uh, people haven't seen this in the field. People haven't touched it with their hands. Uh, in our experience, uh, the first 
big task on the first the first big milestone was to to um, to demonstrate to people that this is not science fiction this can be done uh, here is how you do it uh, so that's that's a big milestone in a tech in a deep tech startups so you have to within a few months you have to put a, a, not a demo it's, it's a it's a POC it's, it's a proof of com- of your concept um, working that people can touch it so that's that's a big first milestone that in a deep tech startup you should you should get uh, you should hit uh, uh, right away uh, that's that's that helps right that that's a, a big first step that helps. Then um, for all of these, you need a team. That's that's fundamental. So you need a you need a team that, that challenge you every day. You need a you need people to to, to support your ideas. You need people to to move the, the ideas uh, ahead. And, and the team is super important. The team without the team uh, nowadays, uh, big contributions are not individuals anymore. Are a collaboration of people. Uh, doing things together, I'm doing things together. Amazing. Now, you know, when we, when we, when you go back into your your memory, you start recollecting about your journey. Can you tell us a, a bit, shine some light on some of the uh, the challenges that kind of hit you when you first started on this journey? And like, you know, what was what was an unexpected challenge? You know, what what made it so unexpected? Why did it surprise you? And how did you get through it? It was actually uh, the amount of time that you spend uh, explaining the concept itself. The amount of time that you explain, because people, you, you explain it to people. Uh, you know, I explained uh, Wi-Fi sensing to uh, you know, four or five, four years ago, when, when it was almost nothing, to a few people that they've got it, they really got it in the first time. Uh, there are a few people I can count with my hands the, the people that I explain this technology to or anyone on my team on my team has explained this technology to that they really got it in the sense that you know they got the fundamentals they can even build on top of that uh, there's only a few people that were able to 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 understand that uh, in, in that way um, um I can Helge was one for example Helge um, and it, it's great. That helps. But, you know, in big companies, you, we, we're talking all the time to big companies. Um, you do not only need to convince the technology people, you also need to convince their bosses, right, their executive. Um, and that's, that's to convince a whole organization about uh, your deep tech is very challenging and you spend a lot of time. I wouldn't say uh, um, um, we were able to do it, but... Uh, and lately, it's, it's much much easier. So we're we're really involved in the IEEE AO2.11. So we were presence there. We were moving Wi-Fi sensing in that organization. We're also in WBA, um, the Wireless Broadband Alliance. Uh, and and then when when those big companies that you're talking to start hearing from these organizations, it's when they really believe and they say, okay, here uh, there is something here. Uh, you spend a lot of time on that. You kind of you, you kind of alluded to uh, to I feel like a, a challenge that, and I can imagine this is being a big challenge, especially earlier on when we um, when you first started seeing like tech companies going more mainstream. You know, with the unicorns popping up, the Facebooks and the Googles. Uh, it, it see it's very interesting that um, 
the intersection between you know people with money and their understanding of technology isn't as closely intertwined as you might have expected. Um, it's like you always have to develop the skill of being able to explain highly technical things to non-technical people because usually they're the ones with all the money. Uh, there is when your skills need to pop up. <laughs> you really need to use a plain language, you know, very easy. Uh, you need to find a lot of um, similar similarities, similar technologies uh, to explain what what you're doing. So that's 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 a big challenge. That's something that you develop uh, over the years, uh, and, and 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 it's very helpful. It's very helpful in those conditions. But there's always people, very smart people out there, that you you know you present the story. Um, for example, I remember meeting a. a Antenna, and they were quite savvy about this. When when none of the other chipsets were thinking about this, they 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 got the idea. They start working on it with us, and that was great. They they got the concept. Right? Uh, you you will find the right people, <laughs> and and when when you're not in front of technical people, you you basically use the um, the right analogies. Uh, you know, very very calm and very easy for them to digest. Usually those minutes are, are very quick. <laughs> you, have, you have 10 minutes, 15 minutes talk to, to talk to those, the, 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 you know, the, the level of people that you're describing. And you, you want to optimize that time. I have to ask, because this, this is, um, this, this kind of just came into my mind. It, it must be so nerve wracking, you know, no matter how much preparation that you do with your value proposition, with the language, it must be nerve wracking pitching to, to a group of strangers, especially when you're trying to, to get them to open their wallets, per, per se. Um, you know, when you were first doing that, you know, what was your thought process? Did you, you know, did you start getting nervous? Were you, did you have like that cold sweat going down your face? You know, were your hands shaking? You know, how, how was that, that feeling for you? How did you, how did you manage those emotions? To be honest with you, um, I, I didn't feel that way. Uh, I was so convinced of what I, what we were doing that I, I had so much confidence that, uh, yes, I was asking for for financial support, but I knew, you know, this uh, that money would go uh, to good hands to to move things along and to to work hard. So I was very confident on that. I was very confident that that helps a lot, to be honest. And over the years, you develop, uh, you know, you're more calm in your pitch. Um, you you're better at. Uh, you go straight to the points. Uh, you study the people you're pitching to. That's super important, um, and you get what you what you need out of them with with the right ideas and the and the right mindset. I like that being able to identify like minded people and also just I guess overall being passionate. I mean, you come across very passionate about about exactly. it. So I, I'm sure that part of part of your sales pitch is just like the emotion in your voice and them going, oh, "Wow, he, he he really believes in this." <laughs> <laughs> and believe me, I, I have a, I have colleagues that are more passionate <laughs> that that you feel the passion more than I am. I'm a little bit more calm, but I'm, uh, I uh, you know I, I work very hard to to make those ideas a reality because I believe in them and and and, and it's happening. So it's, uh, when when you have the confidence, when you have the when you know what you're doing, when you're guiding the company to. 
and you you have that confidence is is all you need to be honest. And, and a good team, and, and the team is super important. The team is super important because in a startups, it's all about ups and downs, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, sometimes when you go down. Uh, you need someone uh, to to bring you up. I uh, say, hey, you know, uh, this time didn't happen. Let, let's work on this direction. Let's work on that direction, on the other direction. So that's 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 important. I, I have I have had the support of uh, Negard, who joins very early in the company, the very beginning of uh, Francois Morel. Um, you know, those when you start building a, a team, um, you know, people. And that they are aligned with your ideas, they they help you a lot. So we got our uh, CEO. Uh, we grow the company quickly, uh, quite quickly, uh, quite quickly over, over the years. We're thirty five, uh, almost forty right now, and um, and it's, it's a great team. It's a great team, and we we are all the time. You know, our 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 doors are open all the time to talent. Uh, people with energy, great ideas. Uh, you need to you need to get surrounded of all of them. So, let's talk a bit about your team. You know, that, Michelle. To be honest with you, throughout this conversation, you don't say a lot of eyes or me's. You, you talk a lot about you. You say a lot of team or we's or ours. Um, so, I, I I get the impression that you're you're a very team focused individual. Um, so. Give us your secret. What's the secret recipe to identifying and building a good team? Surround by talent. You, you need to find it. You, you need to find talent. You, you don't want, uh, unfortunately, in your startup, you don't want followers. You, you want leads. You want, you want to be surrounded by leads so they help you to lead the company. Now, are we, are we talking leadership? Or are you just talking, generally speaking, like uh, – Leadership, employees, there should be some element of individuality and responsibility, uh, I guess, ownership over their projects and, and leadership capabilities in order to successfully run and grow a company? Exactly. It's, it's basically people that are side by side with you owning the problems and owning the solutions and, and being proud of the solutions and and, and, when, and, and being there in the, in the good moments, in the bad moments, and being there is super important. It's super important. And the team is, I have to talk about the team because it's, it's the way, as I mentioned to you, great great inventions today are not are not a one-man or woman uh, invention. It's, generally, there is, you get influence from, from, from the people that surround you and the people that are working with you on the projects. <clears throat> that's uh, that's important as well. So uh, to, to wrap up, let's, 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 let's take a look at you know, the industry as a whole, you know, not just deep tech, but, but tech, tech itself, especially in the context of the COVID-19 pandemic. If I was a new, if I was an entrepreneur looking to get my feet wet, looking to, 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 to build a company, start raising, you know, what kind of advice would you give me? If we're on, if we're sharing an elevator and I just pitched to you my advice and I'm a, my, my, my startup and I'm a one man show, what kind of advice would you give me? Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, identifying the pain points is is important. So, what are you solving? is is super important. Um, so that to have that very clear uh, from the beginning, um, uh, that, that that will save a lot of your time later on. So 
So they identifying the pain points in the different you know different use cases in different industries, different markets. Uh, that's that's point number one. Uh, having the uh, if we're talking about technology in general, not not deep technology, technology in general, you know, making sure that you're working the right path to to get to that first point that I was mentioning before is a proof of concept. Uh, in a, a proof of concept, in the sense that you know this is this is a reality touch it. This is how it's going to work. This is how it's going to look like. That's 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 a milestone milestone number one. Uh, milestone number two, I would say, is go, you know, put, you, you have to put this eval kit or whatever you develop for, for people to touch your, the technology and the solution. You have to start chipping that out so that that gets tested here, there, there, but this big OEM, the other big OEM, um, they, they need to, to put their hands on it. They need to um, they'll, they'll do a lot of tests on the technology, on the solution. Uh, that's my milestone number number two. And the third one, and more important, is especially if you're if you are an AI centric company, um, being deep or not technology, but if you're if it's AI, you 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 have to get to uh, to a deployment phase where you deploy to their customers, if it's a B2B, you deploy to their customers and you start getting feedback. That's uh, super important. Uh, you start getting feedback, you start uh, refining your products, you start uh, gathering data to keep improving your models um, and, and you're, you're proving your technology at the same time. So these, these three milestones for me are, uh, are key ones. And you have to be all the time working on them. 